I wanted to share a little bit tonight, you know, as we were wandering around the Sudan and doing the things that we did, the one message that I continued to try and share continued to get kind of squelched. I ended up every time being prepared to share a message and this message, I was always bumped and I ended up in another place and spoke another message or I got bumped and didn't do that service, was going to do another one. So I really felt that when we came home, I, I didn't know. I mean, I was, I had this message sitting around and then as uh, some things transpired in our lives over the last few days, I really felt to share this with you. So it's not anything that we haven't heard before. It's a message on confession and the things that come out of your mouth. And uh, I guess the title is, Say What? You know, I mean, you, what are you saying? You know, what comes out of your mouth in all of those different instances? What comes out of your mouth in times when you're squeezed? Pastor Bill has always shared that what's on the inside of you is going to come out in a tough moment. And if you squeeze a tube of toothpaste, toothpaste comes out. You don't squeeze a tube of toothpaste and get soup. You don't squeeze a tube of toothpaste and, you know, get orange juice. You know, toothpaste comes out because that's what's on the inside of you. And it says in Matthew, it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And so it's important, and I think sometimes, and I've shared a bunch about it, and we shared earlier in January about the creative power of the Holy Spirit, maybe in February, and and how the Holy Spirit goes in to action as you begin to speak, as God began to speak about the world and forming the world. You know, the Holy Spirit went into action and began to create those things out of nothing. And the things that you say kind of are the same. I mean, that's the same way. As you speak those things into existence, the Holy Spirit begins to open up the door, begins to work. But if you won't speak those things, or you speak things that are contrary to what's going on in your life, then you begin to shut that door on the creative power of the Holy Spirit. You begin to bridle him. You begin to hold him back. You begin to cage that up. And, you know, now you're, now you're operating in dangerous territory and dangerous ground. And, and we don't have an opportunity as believers to have idle words. We don't have an opportunity, and we'll talk about some of these things as we go. We don't have an opportunity to just say whatever we feel. We don't have an opportunity to just give somebody a piece of our mind, or we don't have an opportunity. I think, you know, if you might know somebody like this, you, you begin to talk to them, they begin to give you like, like 15 different reasons and things and ways and how this can happen and how this can happen. I mean, that, I guess that's all well and good, but in my life that frustrates me because I want to know what, what God is speaking. I want to know what he says. Now, I'll talk about that forever. But I don't want to just talk about things just to talk about things. And you have to know what God is speaking to you. It says in Proverbs in chapter 3, and this was the scripture that he gave me. And, and, uh, because I think many times as believers, and in my life too, not just in my life personally and Elizabeth and our family, but as the pastor of this church, you know, I have to go before God every day and say, you have to show me what to do because I can't do these things in myself. I can't figure these things out on my own. I can't begin to plan for what's happening at Easter, what's happening in the summer, what's happening next fall. I can't begin to plan those things just out of my mind and, and just maybe something I saw on TV or something that just looked cool. Because what looked cool one place might not look cool somewhere else if God's not in it. You know, it may be a good thing. You know, maybe for that particular place it was a God thing. But, you know, but here, maybe that's not a good you know, You've got to know what's a God thing for your house. You have to know what's a God thing for your life. Not just a good thing, but what's the God thing. The word of God is a God thing for you, but then the leading of the Holy Spirit shows you and leads you into all those other God things in your life. And those are the things that you can hang your hat on. Those are the things that you can trust God with. See, the word of God, it says he hastens to perform his word. He he, he wants to do that. It's in Jeremiah, and we'll talk about it here in a minute. I I mean, he wants to perform his word in your life. It says that we are healed by his stripes, period, done. I mean, that's it. That's not something like, well, you know, I don't know if it's for me or if it's for you. No, that's for us. It's in the word of God. But then as he begins to lead you and guide you maybe in different areas of your life, he'll begin to show you things, and you need to be in the grasp hold of those things. 
just like you would salvation, just like you would healing, just like you would the, the word that talks about finances and tithing and giving and all those. I mean, we hold on to that stuff. The devil's not going to shake us loose. He's not going to, because we got something we can go back to right here and we can say, no, 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 I know that's true. It says right here. See, it says that I'm healed. It says that given and shall be given to you. It says that if I tithe, he'll open up the window of heaven. I, I know this thing is true and I believe it in my life. But then he begins to speak to you about an instance. He begins to speak to you about a situation. He begins to speak to you about a family member or a child and he gives you words to speak or say. And see, those things aren't so concrete anymore. Because in the good times, then you feel good about them and you begin to say, but in the bad times, what do you do? You don't feel so good about those anymore. You're not sure if that's going to come to pass. You're not sure if that's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, you start to get shaky. And now you're not standing on the foundation of maybe this word that is written in the Bible. You're not standing necessarily on the foundation of the word that the Holy Spirit spoke to you and that hopefully you wrote down. Now you're thinking and reasoning and trying to figure out if all this will work and how it can happen. And when you get over into that ground, it gets shaky. And when the storm comes, it says it'll wash that place away. It'll begin to wash you away. And in this particular verse, it says that we need to, all of us, trust in the Lord, it says in verse 5, with all of your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. In all of your ways acknowledge him. And you know, I've shared a little bit about my, my, my young people that live with, with Elizabeth and I, Daniel and Rachel, and many of you know you know them, and you know, they're, they're Daniel's 21 and Rachel's 17. But you know, in their lives as they've grown, how many of you know as you raise your children, and this is, this is you in, in what area of your life, I, I don't know. But as you raise your children, you know, you really have to work hard. You have to hear what God says, and then you have to begin to implement it in your life, in their life. You have to begin to speak over your children the things that God's told you to speak into their life, whether you see it or whether you don't. You know, many times you see them and you hear about them from grandparents or from me or, you know, from Elizabeth. You hear about them in great light. You hear about their successes and you hear about all the great things that they do and how wonderful they are. And you're not, you're, but you're not home with them every day. And just like yours, they don't necessarily, you know, thrill us every moment of every day. And we've had to go through some things and we've had to work through some things. But we have learned in our life not to let go of the confession. Not to let go of the things that God has told us about them. Not to let go of the things that God shared in our hearts that they would become. Not necessarily their job, but, but who they are as people. That they are becoming all that God created them to be. That the gifts and the talents that they have as they begin to mature and as they begin to grow come forefront in their life. That they begin to follow the plan and the will and the purpose that God has for them. Those are the things that you begin to speak. When we were in Tulsa a couple years ago, I introduced them to Billy Joe. And they didn't think I knew him, you know, but they, they ended up, we ran into him, and he gave me a big hug, and I turned around and went, ha! <laughs> Told you he knows me. <laughs> you know, but then he began to pray for them. You know, he talked to him, and he said hi, and he, but then he began to all of a sudden just to pray for them, and as he prayed for them, he began to speak who they are. He doesn't know them. He met them. He knew them for five minutes, but he began to speak about each one. You know, and Mel was with us at the time, and so he was, he was praying for all three of them, and he, he spoke. Elizabeth and I walked away and thought, tears in our eyes. He, he spoke who they were. See, by the Spirit, he knew, and then part of that, not just the knowing, but then it's putting it into words, and as he began to speak those things, see, the creative power of the Holy Spirit begins to work, and it all begins to reinforce all of those things. So are you speaking those things about your children? Are you saying all those things? Because there's many times you go, I don't know what to say. Well, it says right here that I can trust in the Lord with all my heart. I lean not on my understanding, but in all my ways, I'll acknowledge him and he'll direct my path. Not just lead me to where I need to be, but he'll show me the things that I need to say. He'll show me the things that I need to write down. He'll show me the things that I need to be. I mean, I've got a million questions. 
I don't have all the answers. I know that doesn't sound good because I'm the pastor, but man, I, it's probably good that I don't. You don't want me to know stuff. You want me to wake up every morning and say, oh God, I need you. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's the only time I've seen victory in my life. That's the only time I've seen good come. You know, that's the only time I, I've seen things happen that, that, that just like thrilled me and knocked my socks off. That's where the fulfillment is. That's where all the success is. That's where all the... See, it's not in what I know. It's what he knows. I mean, I learned math, man, but I didn't know how to teach. And I wasn't that good at math. You know, at least the college math. I mean, that was hard stuff. I had five education classes. Nobody taught me how to be a teacher. God taught me how to be a teacher. I mean, I went to a school that I got a bachelor's in mathematics. I mean, I, I don't have a, I don't, I don't have, I had a minor or an endorsement to teach, which meant I went to five classes. One of them was student teaching. You think you know everything until you walk into the classroom. Then you realize, I don't know anything. I need some help. But so you can rely on yourself. <laughs> and Al's going through that right now after 10 years of teaching. <laughs> But you know, I mean, you, but you have to rely on God because He will direct your path. He will, He will teach you how to be a teacher. He will teach you how to be whatever it is. He'll show you what the, He'll tell you what you need to speak. He tell you what you need to believe. He'll show you all those things. Then all of your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Now, th- now I just want to share. I'm mean, going to share this story a little bit with you about about us and our and our children. I've shared it before, and I'll probably share it again on Sunday too. But it's just it's just who God is and how good He is. You know, we sing that song and say, you know, the, the God is good. I mean, the, just the goodness of God and, and how he knows who you are and he knows what you love. And he knows, you know, it says in Psalms, that, in Psalms 37, that if, that if, you know, you give yourself over to him, you, you delight your ways and, you know, you do all those feet on his faithfulness. And it says he'll give you the desires of your heart. And one of Rachel's desires is, is to go to Butler, you know, and, I, and I've, I've shared that a little bit. And I've been, I was real quiet for a while. And, but but there, was a, there was a Sunday or a Wednesday, I can't remember what it was, or maybe it was both, but, huh? I don't I don't remember what it was, but I, I, I know God said, you need, you need to share this. And it was about Daniel and, and how when Daniel was getting ready to go to school, we didn't, we didn't know what, what to do. We didn't have any money for Daniel to go to college. And, and I had come here full time, and, and not that we had taken a real hit in our, in our finances or anything, but it probably wasn't necessarily quite what it was when I was teaching. But, but, but that was going to be an expense. I mean, he was going to go to college, and that, that's, that wasn't cheap. And... Uh, so we were really praying, and it was like a year and a half out or whatever. I just started saying, okay, God, you know, I mean, you've led us, and you've guided us, and you've provided for us, and you've always taken care of us, but you've always, you've always spoke to us. I mean, you've always shown us what we're supposed to stand and believe and what we're supposed to do, and we've tried to do what you've asked us to do, and, and now this little dude's getting ready to go to school, man, and I started looking at the money, you know, and I realized that I, I couldn't come up with five grand a semester uh, outside of our budget. I mean, if I didn't eat the whole year i pretty much figured we'd be all right so if we could just find somebody to move in with who would feed us for a year he could go to school you know but we didn't have it but god gave me a word and the word was i'll make a way where there is no way that was it i mean he didn't he didn't see him when you ask god he doesn't necessarily give you like a b c d e f i mean that that, that i could have said yeah okay that's a good one that's a scripture you got something else I mean, I know that scripture, it's in the, you know, it's in the Old Testament, it says you'll make a way, you know, a road in the wilderness and a river in the desert. Yeah, yeah, I know that. What else you got? <laughs> I need a little something else. Yeah, right. Is there anything that has green on it? Maybe some peoples of dead presidents, you know, all over the middle, I don't know. But no, that was all I had. So you know what we did? That's what we said. That's what we said. That's what we believed. That's what we wrote down. Anytime somebody would ask, that's what we would say. 
Anytime she would ask me, I would, that's what I would say. She would say, are you, you know, what else? What, what are we going to do? God will make a way where there is no way. I mean, that's the only thing I have in my heart, and that's the only thing I know. And so, you know, as he got closer and he became a senior, then he graduated, then he was in Jan- July, and he's getting ready to go to school. So, okay, God, you've got to make a way. I mean, you said you would make a way where there is no way, and, and, and I, don't, I don't know what that means, but I, I, I do know you promised, and that's what we have stood on. That's what we've planted seed toward. That's what we, you know, that's where our faith is. And sure enough, I don't know how it's all worked. I mean, you know that, and you don't know how it all works. In your life, it's kind of the same thing. It just, it's just all worked out. You know, we're two and a half years into this thing. Three, three years, basically. We've made, we've made all, yeah, baby, three years paid for. Ugh, we got one more of that kid. You know, so, I mean, we're one, we're one more year out, and, and, but I'm still claiming that. I haven't given up. I haven't given up on God will make a way. It's not like I figured out how to do it. I, don't, I still don't have any extra money. I still don't, you know, that way. I don't, I don't have an extra 10 grand every time I turn around to pay for it. I mean, I, I don't know. I just know that August is coming. And it's March, and God will make a way where there is no way. He didn't tell me what else to believe, so I just keep believing that. Keep speaking it, keep saying it. I write it on the offering envelope. Now I alternate sometimes because I got Rachel now. You know, and, and, and with Rachel, I, I didn't know. She, Daniel goes to Purdue, you know, and we've shared this before. Rachel wants to go to Butler. It's forty-two grand a year, and uh, that's a little different. That's twice as much as Daniel's four years in one year, and he knows that. So he keeps, you know, he, he knows that too, so... So I said, oh, God, I love you, <laughs> and you have made a way where there is no way. But John needs another word. <laughs> I need something. <laughs> I need something. And I, he, didn't give me, he didn't give me. It wasn't the same. You know, how many of you know you? God said this one time, and then God didn't do that the next time. He said something different. He told Moses, hit the rock the first time, told Moses to speak to the rock the next time. Moses didn't speak to the rock. He went back, got upset, and smacked the rock, and he got in trouble. So you gotta, you got you to gotta know what that manna is. You've got to know what that thing is. And I don't know what it is for you in your life, but what I want to encourage you with today is find out what that is, begin to put it in your life, begin to write it down, but then begin to speak it out of your mouth. When contrary thoughts come, like we said on Sunday, crumble them up, throw them down. Man, that is not your thing. Choose to think the right thing because the opportunity to think the wrong thing happens all the time. You know, there are a lot of people out there who aren't receiving anything and who aren't successful and have horrible thought lives. But if you'll change your thought life, have a successful thought life, begin to think and meditate and speak the things that God's telling you, it says in Joshua 1.8, you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. And so I'm not saying any of this stuff to lift us up. I'm just telling you, this is the truth of the Word of God. And I've, been, I'm, I've never been as desperate. When your little girl wants to, I mean, your little girl, Mike, you know, I mean, she wants to go to Butler. I mean, that's, you know, that's your little girl. This isn't like Daniel. Whatever, dude, get out there and plant potatoes i don't care you know you're a big boy i mean this is my baby <laughs> this is rage now i love daniel and i have i have i mean i get i get no more joy than to see that kid succeed i'm telling you he he is a blessing and he really has blessed us but but this was I mean, this was rage and and she wanted to she wanted to did I keep going back to that sorry she really holds a special place in my heart you know this is my baby and the desire of her, see how many, the desire of your heart, you know, Psalms that says do all those things and he'll give you the desire of your heart. And the desire of my heart wasn't to go to Butler. Both of us said this isn't worth anything. I mean, you know, you're going to get the same degree at Butler as you are at Purdue. You can stay at home and go for 10. You know, why do we need to do all of this, you know, this other, but then it was this, this, this God just began to, to just kind of let me let go of that and let me begin to embrace her desire to go. But then that meant I was going to embrace the desire to pay $42,000 a year. And I wasn't sure I was there. 
But I've seen God be big. See, I'd seen, I'd seen him do what he said he would do. I saw, I've, I'm see, we're in the middle of him making a way where there, where there seemed to be no way. And so I said, okay, God, I got to know, man. I mean, this girl, she's still a bit out. But, this, man, this is plan's a little different. Okay, this is a little bigger thing. And I'm, our faith is growing, you know, by the day. And, but I need, I need to know. I need another thing to hang on to. I need another thing to hold on to. And I shared this, you know, and it was in that, that service. And, and God said, you need to tell them about that. And I said, man, if I tell people about that, th- then it's out there. I mean, if I open up my mouth and say that you told me and showed me that she would win the Lilly Scholarship, that, that if I said she was going to get a full ride, and then that was, I mean, I'm not just saying she's going to get a full ride. I'm saying, God, you told me that she would get that. And I, I mean, I don't, we're, we're, we're a ways out from that. And I'm going to tell, you know, I mean, I'll tell my family. <laughs> I mean, how many of you know, I mean, at least I'm, I, you know, I'll tell my family. I need people to pray for me. You know, I mean, I need people to believe with me. You know, but to tell everybody in church, oh, God. I mean, you're talking, you're talking like these are all, this is the congregation. I mean, these are people who rely and trust and, and have faith in God and, and who we are as leaders and all these things. And the only thing I knew was when I prayed and asked God what to do, he, he spoke to me and said to Lily Scholarship. And so I didn't know anything about it other than I'd filled out a couple requests, you know, and I'd filled out some recommendations for kids, and nobody would ever want it. They don't give away too many of them. But it's a full ride for four years, the whole deal. And uh, I went to Rach. And I went, actually, I sat down when he told me that. I sat down, and I, and I looked it up online. God didn't trust God. <laughs> I was going to see for myself what this thing was about. And so I looked it up. And, and I got, I, I found my bearings, I found out what it was, and then I said, okay, how many people are out there getting it, <laughs> you know, so I looked at the list, and uh, it's not a very big list, and I said, are you sure, God? Yep. Are you sure? Yep. I said, okay. So I'm not telling anybody really much about this, I mean, it's just on the inside of me, but every now and then it'll squeak out, you know, I just kept saying, hey, I, th- I think this Lily Scholarship, and I kept telling Rach, hey, honey, there's this thing called the Lilly Endowment. It's the Lilly Scholarship. You, you, need, you need to make sure you apply for this because I really feel like it's something that you would qualify for, and I really feel like it's, it's for you. And she said, okay, Daddy. You know, right. She said, okay, Daddy. No, 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 seriously. <laughs> I, need you to, I need you to pay attention to Daddy right now, okay? I need you to, like, get on board with me and be a part of what's going on, okay? <laughs> You're not getting it. I can't hear in January that the deadline was in December. Okay, that's sometimes with her, it's happened. So, you know, I said, this is really, come on, man, come on. I sent her like three, four times to her counselor, like, go ask him about it. Go ask him about it. Go ask him about it. And so she finally got tired of me saying, go ask about it. And she said, I got, these are all the dates. They wrote them all down. These are all the things. They're going to send the packet of information on this day. And I said, okay, we got to get this packet of information filled out. And I know she's thinking, all right. But then I began to tell her, I believe, like, this is really how you're going to go to school. I, I really believe, I mean, this is, I believe, I believe this. And for you in your life, you have to know what God said. I mean, you got to know. I mean, this, this, you know, what God is speaking to you is different than maybe what he's speaking to me about specific areas and, and things that are going on in your life. And, and I didn't have anything to hang my hat on. I mean, I, and, I, and I didn't want to go, I, that's, that's something that I've just learned over the last 6, 8, 10 months, 12 months. Man, don't go back and start making a plan B. Don't go back and try to figure out how I'm going to come up with $170,000 over the next four years. Don't start thinking about, well, I can take a few loans, and then if she does this, and it, you know, I mean, I, you, you, can't get, you can't get hung up in those kind of things. It says, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. 
Now, I'm not saying that you don't plan. It says, you know, man plans his ways, but God directs his steps. But when God speaks to you something, and he begins to show you, and you say, God, is there anything I can do? And he says, no, then that's it. Then you just stay with what he said. And so I said, okay, man. So we like, man, we did everything, and she got all her paperwork done, and she filled it all out. And, man, we signed, you know, on the dotted line. I got all my tax. I mean, I got everything done, and we got everything turned in, and we, we really worked. And, like, we didn't miss the deadline, and she got all of her teachers. And I was like, go to your teachers, go to your teachers, go to your teachers. I was a teacher once, you know. <laughs> I Sometimes I, I, you know, I was close to the deadline. I was driving over there at noon, you know, and sl- slamming it in the door to make sure it got in. Make sure it gets in. Make sure everything gets in. And, uh, she, you know, she did all the things she was. But now she's starting to catch the buck. See, she's starting to catch the fever, too, a little bit now. So now she's writing on her envelope, please pray for me that I receive the Lilly Scholarship. See, please play, please play. And I'm thinking, God, man, we got this out there now. I mean, it's, it's out. People know, man, you got, you, you, you know. But I, st- I stopped worrying about that. Then it, was, then it was just, what did I tell you? Well, that's what you told me. What did I show you with Daniel? Well, that's what you showed me. I started getting upset with him. Because I was thinking, boy, if you were smarter, you could have got some, you got some, got some money like her. Because now she's starting to get letters that say they're going to give her money at, at, at Butler too. Like she got the 10 grand, then she got three grand, and they started giving her scholarships at Butler. And so then I started getting mad at Daniel because he's every bit as smart as her. But he's not quite the worker in this classroom that she is. And so, but God said, don't get mad at him. Did I not provide for him? Uh-huh. Did I not take care? Did I not make a way where there is no way? Uh-huh. Don't look at somebody else's field and then start talk, talking about their thing. Don't start looking and starting to see the other things greener in somebody else's path. Don't start taking what God told you about one child and then putting it on another child. Ask God what he has for this child and for this child and for this child. See, each one is individual, so you begin to speak into their lives that way too. And so then, you know, I said, okay, man, I go, okay, baby. You know, and we, so we, we just kept praying, we kept believing in Wednesdays. She all of a sudden became a finalist for the Lily Scholarship. And so we were like, woohoo, man. We were jumping up and down. She was running in and out of Alive that night. You know, we were all rejoicing. And, and ever since then, everybody's been like, oh, man, have you heard anything? Have you heard anything? No. <laughs> no, we haven't. <laughs> no, we haven't, you know. And, and they said, maybe at the end of March, maybe the 1st of April. Okay. So now I got to say, okay, God, you know, man. I mean, you know. You know, I, I, I don't have any idea, but you know. And so we just kept speaking. We just kept speaking. We just kept speaking. And in your life, whatever is God's promise, I mean, you've got to keep speaking. You've got to keep saying it. You've got to keep putting it out there. Well, it sounds really weird, man. Nobody will know what's... Ah, you've got to keep speaking. You've got to keep saying. See, it may, say, it may sound strange, but you may, see, you may all of a sudden then just take your seat and pull it up out. You know, you may just, you know, all of a sudden you don't begin to speak. You begin to speak something contrary. I didn't think contrary. I didn't speak contrary. We've stayed focused on what God told us. Grandma's praying. She went to do her interview, and she had Grandma take her. You know it's serious. When she, <laughs> when she calls, and I say, well, honey, you want me to take you? No, where's Grandma? Come on. You know, do you want me to pray? Grandma already prayed for me. I'm okay. What? What the heck? <laughs> when it's serious, they get Grandma. You know, they go after Grandma when it's serious. And so, I mean, we've been standing. We've been believing. And, and, and when I got home, there was some mail sitting there, and I opened it up, and one of, it was a, a rejection letter. And it was from the same foundation. They give away a bunch of different ones. And what I didn't realize was she had applied for two or three scholarships in that mix. And she had gotten a letter that said, sorry, you know, you're not, you're not going to get this scholarship or whatever. And my heart, I mean, almost immediately started to sink. But then God said, what did I say? And so I started looking around. And that was not, I read a little faster. I said, oh, yeah. 
And in that one, it was another one that she got rejected from. I was like, oh, yeah. See, what, what did God say? Don't let your heart sink. Don't, don't get down in the dump. What did God say? Keep saying it. Keep saying it. And we, I kept, man, I kept saying it, kept saying it. And then they, all of a sudden, Ball State wanted all this information from me about our taxes and some different things. And Butler, Butler. I say Ball State. It's Butler. Sorry, Lance. It's Butler. Lance from Ball State. But, uh, you know, so they wanted some information. And it was yesterday. They called and left a message. So I called back the financial aid department and began to try to explain to them what was going on with our, with our taxes and how these things worked as a minister and some different stuff. And, and the lady uh, was trying to understand what I was telling her. But then in my heart, I heard God say, it doesn't matter anyway. And I said, oh, well, okay, man. So, I, you know, when I finished up the conversation and hung up, and no kidding, as soon as, I mean, God said that to me, like, it was 334 or something on my phone. And I hung, I mean, she had called me in, in that conversation, and I'd ignored her call, because I was, I was talking to the people at Butler, you know, so I, I couldn't ditch, you know, I couldn't ditch them. And so I, I ignored that thing, and then I put the phone down and was just kind of doing something else, and she sent me a text and said, you need to answer the phone for Rachel. And I thought, oh, maybe she's in trouble i don't know what's going on and she called and it was rach and she was crying and so i thought oh darling what's up that's my baby what's the matter come on tell daddy it's all right you know she's oh daddy i just heard from the lily people and i won the scholarship i won the scholarship and i said for real I mean, I didn't want to sound like, I mean, I was trying not to like sound surprised because, I mean, instantly God said, I told you, I told you. And it really wasn't necessarily, it wasn't like it was, but it was her desire. See, it was the desire of her heart. And we couldn't make that happen. We couldn't, we couldn't come up with that. I, did, I knew I couldn't go make some backdoor way to come up with 160 grand. Hey, Bill, you got some money? I mean, it wasn't like, I, you know, I mean, it was, it was, it was God, what do you got? And then he said that. So then I said, I mean, I was, I was jumping up and I was already in my way. Grandma's screaming in the office back here as I'm coming through the sanctuary. She hears me talking. She's screaming. Chris and all those guys are screaming. Elizabeth said, I don't know whether to jump, laugh, or cry. And I said, well, it looks like all of it's going on around here. So <laughs> just pick your poison and do what you want. And then I, I said, so, honey, are you sure? And she says, well, I think so. <laughs> Hold on a minute. <laughs> uh, there's a difference. She said, well, I was asleep when they called. And so I'm not sure if I was dreaming it. <laughs> Call her back. <laughs> Find out if you were dreaming. And then when she called back, she got the lady's voicemail, and she heard the voice. She said, I wasn't dreaming. It was real. And it was real. She, she now gets to be a butler bulldog, and she gets to go there free for four years. Praise God. Praise God. You know? But what I want to encourage you with is, is the thing that God is no respecter of persons. And it isn't because we're, we're pastors and it isn't because we've done something here or there. Whatever. We just ask God, what do you got? God, what do you have? What, 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 what do you got for us? We, we, don't, we don't have a clue. We cannot come up with this and we can't do it. See, God operates on confession. And as he begins to speak, then you get in line with those things. He began to tell Abraham all those things Pastor Pam shared about it while I was gone. You know, about the deadness of their body and who they were. And that he looked past all of those things and he spoke life in the situation. And it said Abraham believed that. I believe that whole, that whole time he had to change his name from Abram to Abraham. I believe he had to get into to agreement with what God said. It said that's why it was accounted to him unto righteousness because he believed God when he spoke it. 
He believed God when he showed him. He believed God when the word came. And I'm sure he had to go through opportunities, and I'm sure he had to say some things, see, that didn't exist as if they did. I'm sure he had to speak things into existence. I'm sure he had to believe. I mean, you had to walk this thing all the way out. You're going to have to walk out what it is. We're not done yet. We're not finished yet. That girl's not graduated. She wants to be a lawyer. Praise God. <laughs> I said, wow. The lady said it's eight, year, eight semesters worth of scholarship. I said, well, if she graduates in seven, will you pay for that first semester of law school? <laughs> I mean, can we get a little extra out of it? I mean, I, you know, I'm just trying. You know, I don't know. I haven't got God's word on that one yet. But, see, I mean, it, that, that's, we're just, man, that's hallelujah. We rejoice. We're jumping up and down. She got her toenails done and her fingernails done yesterday. Hey, Amen. I mean, that was important. You know, I mean, she's going on spring break. She's getting both nails done now. But what is your confession? See, what is it that you're saying about, about who you are? What, see, it says death and life in Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. The things that you're speaking are seeds that you're planting. You're putting them into, you're putting them into the ground. You're putting them into existence as you speak those things out. I mean, that, you know, I, I just kept saying, God, you've you got to be God. I, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I opened up my mouth. I've said a lot of stuff, and I agree with what you are what you said and what you've told us, but man, you, you gotta, come on, God, you're a big God, I love you. I didn't dwell on it every day, but I'm telling you what, the opportunity to think about it every day came along. And when it did with Daniel, we said, God will make a way where there is no way. When it did with Rach, I said, I don't know how it's gonna happen, God, but she's gonna win the little scholarship and she's gonna, I mean, that's what's gonna happen. I didn't make it up. We didn't sit down and say, okay, let's pick a scholarship that worked. God spoke that into my heart. God told me that. See, what are you speaking about your children? What are you speaking about your finances? What are you speaking about your health? What are you speaking about your job? What are you speaking about your... It's important. See, the, all of those things are important. In Proverbs 13, 3, it says, those who control their tongue will have long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. <laughs> opening your mouth can ruin everything. That's, a, that's the New Living Translation. Now, that doesn't say don't open your mouth. That doesn't say hold your tongue. That says control your tongue. See, it doesn't say don't say anything then. You know, it says put a guard over my mouth. That doesn't say don't, don't talk anymore. It says that you need to make sure you're careful about what comes out of your mouth, that it lines up. See, Proverbs 10.31 says, A good person's mouth in the message, a good person's mouth is a clear fountain of wisdom. A foul mouth is a stagnant swamp. Now think about, go back in your day and think about what you said maybe about your chin. Now this isn't kind of, but think about it. Because, I mean, I, I'm in the same place. I mean, I have people who watch me all the time who say, hey, hey, hey. Elizabeth will tell me all the time, is that what you want? Josh, come on. Give me a break. No break. See, think about it in your life. Now, where can we change our confession? Where can we change? Is it lined up with what God said about our job? Is it lined up about what God said about our finances? Is it lined up with what God said about our relationships, our children, our future? See, is it line up? with what God's speaking to you, whether it's what his word says, what he's speaking to you by his spirit. Does it line up with those things? Because you'll reap what you sow, Galatians 6. Don't be deceived. As you plant seeds, you'll reap a harvest on those seeds. Seeds that go to the flesh will reap corruption, but seeds that go to the spirit will reap everlasting life. What is God speaking to you? Because the things that he's speaking to you, those are the seeds that you need to plant. Those are the things that you need to water with faith. Those are the things that you'll see a harvest on in your life for what God promised you. But as you go the other direction, then you're just sowing seeds to the flesh, which reaps corruption. You begin to see your life not, go, not grow better, not grow closer together with your children and your family, but begin to get torn apart. See, things seem to get worse, and then you seem to get more vile in the things that you speak or the things that come out of your mouth. 
you get more upset. The things don't line up more. Now you're saying, oh, yeah, none of that stuff ever worked. I don't know what pastor was thinking. I don't know what was. I don't care what worked for them. It's not working for me. See, now you're going down this other path in this other direction. And it's not going to work. It won't happen. You won't see it. God operates by confession, therefore we must as well. You have to hang on, it says in Hebrews 10.23. Hang on to your confession of hope. Hang on to your confession of hope. It's all you got. Many times, I'm just telling you, in our life, that was all, I mean, that was all, I wanted more. I wanted something, you know, different, but all I had was the confession. Now, God showed us things to do, of course. He showed us things, places to plant seed, things that I started thinking, man, if I just eat some of this seed, man, I can have, no, just plant more seed. Continue to give more than you've given each year. Oh, seriously, these kids are going to college, and you want me to give more? I mean, now, come on. I'll make a way where there is no way. Continue to plant, continue to sow, continue to give. Don't stop. Increase. Ah, Man, every couple months, he'd speak a little something back. Oh, come on. I'll make a way where there is no way. You just keep going. You just keep, keep going, keep sowing, keep confessing. Hold fast to your confession of hope without wavering because he who promised is faithful. He's faithful. In Mark, in chapter 4, it says, the enemy comes to steal the word as soon as it's planted in your heart. Don't let him steal your word. Let it hibernate in there. Let it, let it grow. Let it get sunk down in that good ground that is your spirit, man. And then you begin to cultivate it by believing it, by speaking it, by rehearsing it, by writing it down, by reading it out loud, by speaking it about you, your children, or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden that begins to grow up a harvest that's not choked out. The enemy doesn't take it. You confess the word of God. I think a lot of people say, well, what do I confess? I don't know where I am, the word of God. Confess the word. Now, the written word, it's powerful. Sharper, it says in Hebrews chapter 4, sharper than any two-edged sword. Confess the word. Know the word. Begin to speak it out loud about yourself and your situation. It says in Jeremiah 1, 12, that God hastens, that he's quickly looking to perform his word. That he hastens to perform his word. That's what he loves to do. He loves to perform his word. He loves to, he loves to be faithful. See, he loves to pour it out in your life. He loves to come through in the right. He loves to take care of you. He loves to bring those things to pass. He loves to hook up your relationship with your, chi- with your kids and with your wife, with your spouse. I mean, he loves to do all those kind of things. He loves to take the junk and he loves to turn it brand new. He loves to take the old things and he loves to make them new. That's what, that's what he loves to do. See, he's good. Our, our God is good and his mercy. His mercy lives for I mean, that's what he wants to do. He loves to do that. But we gotta, we gotta be speaking. We gotta be saying it. We gotta be there. His word never changes. It's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and forever. In Hebrews, talking about Jesus, but Jesus was the word what? Made flesh. The word always produces fruit. Isaiah 55. You may say, well, I tried that once and it never stopped. It never happened, so I just quit. Don't quit. Pick it back up. Go back to your old journal. You know, Pastor Bill always says, you know, he told us that story. He used to have two or three journals. After about two or three days, it wouldn't work. He threw them in the trash. Now he wishes he had all those back. You know, go back to that old journal that you gave up on. Go back to that old thing that God said that you wouldn't make a way or something didn't happen or whatever wasn't working and you just said, forget that, and you started a new journal. You know, when you get mad because you're about 18 pages into that thing, you're writing some stuff down, you're having a good time, but then something doesn't happen after about two weeks, and what do you do? You put that away and you go buy another one. And you open that one up and you try to start over. And that just leads to, to this repetitious life of frustration. Go back to that thing that God told you. Go back to that thing that God showed you. It's too late. No, it's not too late. It's never too late. It's never too late. 
You always confess the will of God. It says in 1 John that as we pray according to his will, we know that he hears us and that we have the petitions that we've asked for. As you begin to speak those, I had to know that that was God's will. I had to know. I told him, I asked him, man, you've got to show me because I don't know. I don't have an answer. And he spoke that into my heart. Now, I've got to be mature enough to know that's God and not the enemy, and I have to be able to do those kind of things. And, and you're, you're mature. You've been around. You've been in the Word of God a long time. And as God speaks to you and as he leads you, then you begin to write those things down. And that becomes, man, that becomes just the truth. Just as every bit as much as this is the truth, the word of God, that becomes the truth because God told you. And just as I can stand on my salvation because this Bible says, just because I can stand on his abundance because this Bible says, his healing because this Bible says, I can stand on what he promised me because this is what he spoke to me. The Spirit of God will show you things to come, John 16, 13, and it says he'll remind you of all the things that, the, that, that Jesus said. He'll remind you of my words. He'll remind you of the things in the word of God. When there's moments and in those situations. Daniel was a scripture. Rachel was a scholarship. I, I don't know. Maybe I, needed the, maybe I needed something concrete here first. But then as my faith built, then he took me someplace else. And he said, now can you just listen to this? See, now the stakes are higher. Now this thing's a little higher. Now you've grown a little bit in your life. Now can you hold on to this? Yep. I'm not going back. I mean, I'm going to go down before I'm going to go back. I'm not, I'm not going to start planning second things. I'm not going to, you know, I'm just, I'm just going with what God said. And, you, and we all have to do that. Your, your words are powerful. You know, Mark 11, you know, says, speak to the mountain, be moved and cast into the sea. I mean, you speak those things into existence. You speak that stuff. You, it comes out of your mouth as words. And those things are powerful as you begin to get in line with what God's will is. It won't be contrary to God's word. It'll line up with God's word. The desire of her heart was going to that school. This was how God was going to provide it. It all lined up with what God's word said. You always confess the solution. Don't confess the problem. We didn't sit around and stew over the problem. It was very quick. With Daniel, if that came up between either one, I mean, it was God will make a way where there is no way. I don't know. We wrote it on our offering envelope all the time. God will make a way where there is no way. I don't know what that, I don't know how, I don't know what that'll mean, but I do know that God will do it because that's what he promised us. And every semester I take a picture of the check. I do. I take a picture of the check and I text it to my brother and say, God, oh man, this is four out of eight. This is five out of eight. This is six out of eight. $4,973.18 or whatever it is, man. Click, I take a picture of that sucker. Daniel now rejoices. I mean, we're all rejoicing. He's like, write the check, Dad. Did you take your picture? Did you take the picture yet? Yep, I took it. All right, man, let's go. And off he goes. Now, he's paying some too. You know, he's working. He's paying part of his. He's doing some of these things. But, he's, man, he's buying in too. God's making a way. I don't know how this is going to work. He knows, man, I'm going to come out of school. I'm not going to have any debt. I mean, he knows. He knows that's a big deal. He's thinking, yes. Rachel, in the back of her head, I'm sure she's, you know, she was thinking, oh, God, how's this going to work? I don't know. But God said, believe this. God said, speak this. So that's what we believe, and that's where we speak. You have to confess the solution to your life, to your situation, to your problem, to what's going on. Ephesians 4.29 says, don't let any corrupt communication come out of your mouth. But what is good and acceptable. I mean, those are the things that you're looking for. Go to, go to Philippians 4. Go to f- verse 4 through 8. Begin to talk about not being anxious for anything, all that, with all of those prayers of thanksgiving. But then in the end it says, whatever's pure, whatever's noble, whatever's a good report, whatever God said. See, whatever God said, speak that. 
well, I don't know why I'm here. This, nothing's worked right since I got here. Did God say, come here? Yep. Then begin to speak that good things are going to happen here. Begin to speak, God, you led me here. You brought me to this place. You showed me this thing. Now, now God, I know you're bigger than where I am. I know you're bigger than what I see. I may have taken my eyes and been diverted for a moment, but my eyes are focused back on you, the author and the finisher of my Show me what I'm supposed to do. Show me how I'm supposed to act. Psalms 14.3 does say, set a guard over my mouth. Keep me from saying those crazy things I shouldn't or ought not say. And if you ask, he'll do it. But then you get to make the choice. I've shared this story many a times. I, I learned this lesson about 10 years ago. And as I began to say, God set a guard over my mouth, I'd start to say something stupid. And he would quietly say, are you sure you want to say that? You better believe I am. And about halfway through, I'd be convicted and I'm like, and then you got to steer the conversation in a different direction. Or you just got to go like this. <laughs> Hold your lips. I had a little guy who couldn't. He was a little golfer of mine in eighth grade. He was the cutest little dude. But he talked all the time. God bless him. And it's golf. You got to be quiet in golf. And he just liked to chat the whole time. And he would talk to anybody or anything. And he would, you know, he would just. So finally, we, we came up with this system that I, I, would, I, would, I would say his name. And then I would just look at him, and he knew that meant to be quiet, but he couldn't help himself, so he grabbed his lips. <laughs> and then after a while, I'd say, it's okay, man, you can take your hand down. But that's, I mean, that's how he kept himself from talking all the time. When they're seventh, eighth grade, you know, that's when you get what you get. Some believers, need, some believers need to hold their lips. Some of us need to grab a hold of these things and keep them from going. Sometimes we just want to talk to hear ourselves talk. Sometimes we just want to say it because we feel that's the way that it is. And that confession will lead you nowhere. That confession will take you to the pit, not to the mountain, not to the peak. So you have to make sure you're confessing the right things. Because the things that you see are subject to change. 2 Corinthians 4.18. See, the things in this world that you see, they're temporal. The things that you see with your natural eyes are temporal. But the things that you see by the Spirit, the things that God puts in your heart, the things that He promises you in His Word, those are the things that are eternal. Today may not be the day, but tomorrow may. See, this week may not be the week that you see those things happen in your life, but don't give up on them, don't let go, and don't stop confessing them in your life because next week may be the week. This has been a process that's gone on for about six years in our life. Two years before Daniel started school, God started this process with us. This isn't something that happened overnight. And we're, we're, we've been through all the classes. We've been here for 20 years. You know, I grew up in the Christian school. She grew up in a Christian home. I mean, we understand the principles we didn't always live them, but for the most part, in the last group of our, you know, half, last half of our life, we have lived them. But you don't get a free pass just because you've been around. It says, to whom much is given, what does it actually say? Much will be required. See, if you've been around a while, more is required of you. See, now you are required. Now, now you can't just say, you know what? I think that was God, but I'm not going to listen to it. Uh, so you know it's God. You're not some new believer just coming down the street who isn't sure if that was God or not. So you're, you're, you're born again. You've been walking with God a while. You're mature. You know the voice of the Holy Spirit. You know when he's leading, guiding you, and putting something in your heart. So now all of a sudden, boy, you are. Now all of a sudden, you're, man, you're starting to be re responsible for some of this stuff. It says in Hebrews 11, verse 1, that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen it's the concrete my bible says the concrete assurance and the hope that we have those things that we believe 
That's what faith is. Not something you put your hand on, not something that's in your heart. It says, this, man, I know this is for me. See, it says in salvation, it says, your spirit will bear witness with, with the spirit of God that you're saved. And then I can't talk you out of it. Somebody else can't talk. Man, you know that's true. You know that it's the way that it is. Man, I am saved beyond a shadow of a doubt. Then what God has promised you in your heart, in your quiet time, about your situation, about your kids, about your house, about your job, those things are just, should be just as settled in your heart as salvation is. You got just as much proof that you're saved as you have all those things. I had just enough, I had just, I had the same amount of proof in my heart that I'm saved that, that she had won the Lily Scholarship. Just died the same, that's all, man. I, I had, I, but I, did I believe it the same? Yeah. Yeah. Now, would I have five years ago? Would I have 10 years ago? I don't know. I'm a different person now. So you're a different person than you were then. It's like, oh, it's so much harder. No, it's just as hard as it was in the beginning to your flesh to your mind it was just as much work you had to be just as tenacious back then now it's just bigger things and now you know i walk out of this i get done with that i might try not to cry still you know god's goodness but between that and the things that went on that god spoke to me and showed me this man there is there's nothing nothing i'm saying okay god what's next tell me something that drops something big don't you feel big you know when it all comes through you know i'm like yeah i didn't do nothing i just got to be part of something that god did but see you do it by faith second corinthians 5 7 you walk by faith and not by sight and so i you know i came out of that excited about who god was not a thought to who we are not a thought to what we had to do not a thought to how we had to stand or pray not a thought to how we agreed not to a thought to any of that kind of stuff i just came out of the saying like this god you're so good can you believe it? I'm tweeting. Can you believe it? God is so faithful and so good. But then I said, what's next? I mean, if we've gone from God will make a way to what's next? I can't wait to see. I've promised her a Mini Cooper. God, what's next? <laughs> Give me a word on that part. But that was God too. I wouldn't have said that. <laughs> no way. But that was the second part of what he promised me, what he showed me, what he told me. It was believe. The Lily Scholarship was all he spoke. And then one day I was looking at her. And just out of my mouth came, when you get a full scholarship, when you get a full ride to school, we're going to buy you a Mini Cooper. Well, her little lights came on. Now she's got <laughs> pictures of Mini Coopers on everything. They're on her computer, they're on her phone, they're on every place that she goes. I don't know what that, you know, I, I don't know. But I do know that God promised that she would get that, and she did. And I do know he spoke that to me, so he'll provide. I, I don't know how. I can't go buy a Mini Cooper. <laughs> but God does, and God knows. So I'm not worried about it. I'm just asking God, what's next? What's next for you? Forget about what you said on the way to church today. Forget about what you said on the way to work. Forget about what you, all those things. See, right now, let's stand up. Right now, you, you just make up your mind. I'm just going to say what God said. See, right now, what is it that he wants to speak to? What is it that he's putting in your heart? You're no different than, than, than we are. You're no, we don't get it. Nobody and none of us get a break. You got to hear from God for you. You know, Pastor Pam, Pastor Bill, Elizabeth and I, Corey, you know, we... Over the years, you know, Sandy and Brad, you know, when like this is this sounds like God, but I, you know, I can't tell you what God said. I know it lines up with the word, but I, I can't tell you if he said that or not. 
I mean, if I came to Pastor Bill and said, let me just tell you here, God told me that she would win the Lily Scholarship, he would say, well, I agree with you then. Because you said that God said. There's nothing in here that says she's going to win the Lily Scholarship. Now, that lines up with the desires of her heart and some of those things, so it does sound like it could be biblical, it could be God. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.